This is episode 12 of Practicing Catholic Medicine. Did you know that there are non-hormonal, peer-reviewed, evidence-based ways to prevent pregnancy that are all about helping women know their bodies better, can also help to achieve pregnancy, and recognized by the CDC? Today, we're talking with Louise Boychuk, a registered nurse and instructor of the Marquette Method, which is a fertility awareness-based method, also called natural family planning. I am so excited to chat with you. This is Practicing Catholic Medicine, a podcast dedicated to developing community, encouraging conversation, and discussing top-notch medical care that respects the dignity of all of our patients. I'm your host, Katie. I interview Catholics working in healthcare and invite them to share the challenges, joys, and all the in-betweens of being practicing Catholics, practicing medicine. Pull up a chair and join in the conversation. I'm thrilled to have you here. I am so excited for this episode, but before we begin, as always, let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus, in this time of great uncertainty, fear of issues that were hidden, finally being brought to the light, we thank you for your steadfastness. We thank you for your constant presence and never abandoning us. Please open our hearts to hear and listen to the truths that may make us uncomfortable to be open and honest and loving and empathetic and patient. Thank you for this community you have built. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Well, hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be back for another podcast episode. We have just so many great things to unpack today. First, though, I did want to start with current events because I think I would be totally remiss if I didn't at least talk and touch on the horrific murder of George Floyd and other persons of color by those in authority and just like this overarching issue of racism. I've spoken about this on the Practicing Catholic Medicine Instagram account, but I also want to publicly say just on this podcast Um, episode. I just wanted to say to all of those of color that I see you, I hear you, and I'm learning and I'm growing. And because I don't think, sadly, that it's said enough in the church today, I just want to flat out say racism is demonic. It's evil and it should be denounced in every shape, every form that it presents in. And as members of the church, we need to be bold in proclaiming that. And I also think that it's a crucial time for white Americans to just sit back and listen. Um, and by sit back, I don't mean not being an activist, but it's just time for us to really listen to what our friends who have different colored skin than us are telling us. And finally, saying enough is enough. Um, and if you are a person who listens to this podcast um that identifies as a person of color, I would love to hear your experience. Please do not be shy to reach out either on the website, which is practicingcatholicmedicine.com or our Facebook or Instagram, both are just practicing Catholic medicine. And in the year that is 2020, of course, we are all still navigating COVID and just all the changes that COVID has brought. And so uh, you were a community here. And so I would love to hear how 
you're handling COVID, how your family's doing. It feels like my shifts at work are just getting cut left and right, but I'm so incredible for an amazing employer and for uh, just the hospital that I work for. And they've just done everything in their power to protect our jobs, which has just been really um, quite something, you know, shifting people around in different units, doing whatever it takes. And man, am I grateful. But I also recognize that is not the case for everyone. And so I just want you guys to know I pray for all of you frequently. And so I just, yeah, you're you're in my thoughts and prayers for sure. Um, other things that are going on in life, of course, I have a little daughter. She's almost seven months old now. She's army crawling everywhere and starting to regular crawl. And it's blowing my mind. And I've realized how quickly we needed to baby proof the house, which has been an adventure, but it's, she's just so fun. I think being a mom has just, you know, I knew it would be great, but I don't think I was ready for how fun it would be. Like truly is just, it's so much fun. And I was not expecting that. So to anyone expecting a baby or like, could I do this? I just want to encourage you. It's awesome. It's so great. They're so fun. <laughs> and speaking of babies, let's go into this episode. So Today we're talking with Luis Boychuk, like I mentioned. So she is a registered nurse. She worked as an RN for a while, um, and she now is an instructor of the Marquette Method of Natural Family Planning, um, and it's abbreviated NFP, so you might hear me using that term. They're also called Fertility Awareness-Based Methods, so FABMs. Um, that's kind of the term that's used more in like the scientific literature, but they're, they mean one and the same. Um, the definition of these methods and actually Luis provided this, and you'll hear her talk about it in this episode, Um, but the definition is the process of achieving or avoiding pregnancy based on observations of your natural signs of fertility. This is not contraception because there is no prevention of ovulation or a physical barrier. You can actually use NFP to both achieve and prevent pregnancy. Also, I know I have a wide range of listeners, and including many people who um, either aren't Catholic or aren't totally on board with all of the church's teachings. And I just want to say, you are so welcome and invited here, and I'm so grateful that you're listening to this episode and that you're a member of this podcast. I know that this topic is an especially difficult teaching, and it's one that I definitely did not agree with until my 20s. And this is totally not an episode just for Catholics. So if you're tempted to just be like, eh, I don't want to listen to this anymore. This is just going to be a bunch of theology. Yes, there's going to be some theology mixed in, but I also want to let you know the Marquette method is evidence-based. And even if you don't intend to use NFP yourself, you will likely run into women who are using these methods in your practice. FABMs are gaining traction and desirability for the use of preventing pregnancy without extra hormones. And what's more, these methods also help women get pregnant and can help diagnose hormone deficiencies and other gynecologic problems. And there's a lot of different methods. So I want to bring that up too. So today we're talking about the Marquette method, but you'll hear Luis also mention um, other mucus methods or temperature-based methods. And It's not like a one-size-fits-all. Fortunately, there are so many different methods that are available and that are out there and that are studied. So in the show notes, I will definitely provide a lot of links that I'll talk about later, but I will post some information on the different methods that are available as well. I also want to say it is no secret that women's healthcare is just severely understudied and under-understood. 
I bet nearly every woman, myself included, can remember going to the doctor with any number of complaints and being told, well, we could just put you on the pill. That's like always the answer. We could put you on the pill. We could pump you full of hormones because there isn't time to diagnose you or dig deeper. And then when you want to get pregnant, like way down the line, of course, right, we'll give you a solid year of infertility before we look into it. I just feel like what a load of anti-feminist crap is the healthcare system right now. And that's one of the huge reasons why I try so hard to get the message out about natural family planning because there's so much science in it. It just isn't super disseminated. It's definitely getting disseminated. We'll touch on that too. But there's just so much more for women to know about their bodies and why they function the way they do. And we really got to be paying more attention and listening to women. I also want to briefly share some of my experience because I think that it's important for you guys to know where I'm coming from because you will hear me being so passionate about this. But like I said, I was totally not on board with the Catholic teaching on sex for a long time. Um, When it came to preventing pregnancy, I was taught in high school that the only options were basically use contraception or get pregnant with the rhythm method. And then when I was in PA school, a professor had said, what do you call a woman who use a fertility awareness-based methods? Pregnant. I was like, excuse me, that's actually like completely avoiding a wide body of scientific research. And lucky for you, we're going to talk all about the evidence that exists, but just straight up isn't taught in medical school. So a bit about my story and experience, because for those of you totally not buying this no contraception mentality, I get it. I was there. I remember distinctly being at a focused Catholic conference as a sophomore in college, and honestly, I was only there because I had gotten a call from a focused missionary that I had never met asking if I would go. She had a scholarship for me. My parents said they would pay the rest. It was over a school break, and it was 45 minutes from my house, and a carpool was literally stopping in my town on the way to the conference to get me, so my excuses had run dry. I ended up having like a really amazing experience and conversion at this conference, but I also have a very distinct memory of looking at the schedule of events and the schedule of talks, um, and on the program, seeing that there was a talk on the Catholic teachings on contraception, and I remember very distinctly thinking, no way am I going to that. The Catholics have got it all wrong. I am not going to have 500 children. Mind you, I was Catholic. I avoided that talk like the plague, though, and instead I think I went to something that sparked my attention because it mentioned Taylor Swift. It was 2011, you guys. Everyone loved Taylor Swift, and you know what? I still love Taylor Swift, and I will not apologize for that. Anyhow, I remember finally learning about NFP in my early 20s from a friend and then through reading some really good books and some really wonderful priests and speakers, my heart, my like stony little heart finally started to change and soften. And I remember feeling both just so um, like enlightened and I also had this enormous sinking feeling realizing the medical institution had just completely failed women when it came to educating women about their bodies and covering just everything up with birth control. I also remember feeling so seen and the more I read and studied and talked with others about their experience, my heart just completely transformed to see the beauty of the Catholic teachings and I also learned the science behind NFP. I really do love the Marquette method. You'll hear Louise talk about it. It uses a like little monitor um, that measures 
your hormone levels in your urine. And it's really, really cool, actually, just so scientific. And yes, there is some abstinence involved with this method. And yes, it can be challenging. But honestly, there's so much good. And there's two big reasons why I love it. The first is that I know my body so well. And Marquette Method actually helped me figure out that I had a hormone imbalance. um, And that actually helped with mood and also helped potentially preventing a miscarriage. And then also a second reason why I really love NFP is because it opens communication so much with my husband because it's every month that we talk about is now a good time to get pregnant. And then that brings up even bigger things like, what are your concerns? Oh, you're worried about finances? I had no idea. Let's talk more about that. It just really strengthens a marriage so incredibly much if you allow it to. So in this podcast, we're talking about the science. There's there's a lot of science, of course. It's practicing Catholic medicine. But I'm also going to dig a little bit into the theology of not using contraception. It's just going to be really just like an introduction to it because there's so much information on this and so much good stuff that we could spend years on it. Um, but we're, we're going to discuss it. And yes, it might get a little uncomfortable for some people, but I can say as a firsthand beneficiary of some really wonderful people taking the time to share their experiences and to not be afraid to make me a little uncomfortable, my heart was transformed and came out on the other side just seeing so much beauty. And so I just really want the same for you. So here's the deal. I'm going to share my experience. I'll be kind. I'll be gentle. I encourage you to listen, even if you don't plan on taking away anything of what I say. And truly, the worst thing that happens is you listen to this podcast and you hear some evidence-based science about a form of pregnancy prevention that may come in handy in your practice. So deal? Sounds good to me. So I want to start off by saying Catholics don't believe that sex is a bad thing. In fact, the church sees sex as so extraordinarily good and sacred that it's something to be just treasured and protected, just like you would with anything that is really important and special in your life. And then there's also this idea out there that the Catholic teaching of sex is that it's just to have a million and one babies. Like, that's your goal. That's actually not true. The teaching of sex is in the Catholic Church is that it's both unitive and procreative. It's not one or the other, which is to say if you were just having sex to get pregnant and not with the intent to draw closer to your spouse, that's also misusing sex. So the procreative part comes from the heart, and it means not having anything physical, artificially preventing pregnancy. So NFP, um, it's just using science to basically say, oh, at this time, there's a very high likelihood of getting pregnant. So we will avoid sex at this time. Um, And that doesn't infringe on the Catholic teachings in any way. You can still be procreative and not actively preventing a pregnancy. So like even when a couple absolutely can't get pregnant, like if a woman is already pregnant or if she has gone through menopause or has had a hysterectomy for any number of medical reasons. I do want to say we are called to be generous because children are straight up the greatest blessing to a marriage, which I can 100% attest to with my daughter. However, I super recognize that there are many, many just reasons to discern to avoid pregnancy. Finances, anxiety, time constraints, they all definitely contribute. And I remember like when my husband and I were first married, I was in school and then I was 
in that awkward time between when you take your boards and before you start your first job where you're like, well, I have no money and I have to pay back my loan soon. And then I was in a fellowship where I was working like 60 hours a week. And so those situations proved not conducive to having a baby. Like, would we have welcomed a baby if we happened to get pregnant? Of course. But through really good discernment, we said, you know, right now is not the time to have a baby. And that's okay. These are all things that you need to take into account. And sometimes, you know, you look at the challenges and you pray and you feel called to have kids anyways, and it's still wonderful. So what constitutes a reason for you to avoid getting pregnant may not be the same case for someone else. And that's why the church doesn't lay out like, here are the reasons X, Y, and Z when it's appropriate to say, nope, let's not get pregnant. No, they leave it up to each couple to discern, to pray, because that's what it should be, a conversation with the couple and with God. And also, I want to add that sometimes you get pregnant anyways. Um, And the beauty of NFP is that there's nothing hormonal or physical to prevent pregnancy. You're always open to life. You're just using good science. But pregnancy can happen. And I will say it's highly recommended that couples practicing NFP have an instructor um, and that they choose the method that works best for them. And that's a great thing that there are so many methods. Okay, if that super quick explanation wasn't enough, which it probably was not. Stick around after Luis and my conversation because I am going to talk about some of my favorite resources in addition. Um, Usually I know I just link to them and then I say go check out the webpage, but there's some really good ones and this is just such a like heated topic, one that has so many little intricacies that I want to make sure that I'm not just being like, okay, Peace. I just talked about one of the biggest, most contentious teachings in the Catholic Church. Hope that was enough. <laughs> so I'm going to give you more resources. Stick around because I'm going to talk about those even more in depth. And then, of course, I will link them um, on the show notes. But all of that said, let's go to our chat with Luis. Okay. Hi, Luis. Thanks so much for joining. I'm so glad to have you here. Hi. Nice to be here. Yeah, this is great to be kind of I, I mean, usually we talk as like instructor to learner, so it's kind of fun being able to chat in a different way now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, um, where you went to school, things like that? Sure. So my whole, yeah, I'll start at the very beginning. Yeah. So I, fresh from high school, started nursing school. Um, So I got my Bachelor of Science in Nursing at the University of Alberta in Edmonton, which is where I currently live. Um, So when I when I graduated from nursing, I started working in the hospitals. So I was working on a neurotrauma unit. So we were doing, well, just like, you know, head injuries, spinal yeah. cord injuries, all the all the car accidents that make the news, they kind of mm-hmm. came to us unless we went to ICU. Um, and it was, it was really cool. I really liked it. Um, I got married, we had kids. And then as I started, as we started having kids, it was kind of like, oh, um, shift work isn't really good when you have kids. No kidding. Babies don't sleep at night and they don't sleep during the day either. And so <laughs> it doesn't matter what shift you work, you just don't really get to sleep. And so we had this kind of like this weird, um, this weird season of like everyone was really tired, everyone was really cranky. And then I was um where where should I oh this is so complicated talking about life and career all at the same time when my husband and I got married we started doing a mucus method and when we started doing that mucus method we thought we'll just wait a little while before we have kids and um we'll um 
we'll go from there. And mm-hmm. then shortly after that, we just, we found out we were pregnant with our first. And so after we had Ethan, who was quite a surprise to us, we, um, we thought, okay, well, that, that was that. And we were breastfeeding and mucus didn't make sense. And so we ended up just abstaining for like a really long time until my cycles came back. And when my cycles came back, we thought, okay, well, I'm ovulating, so we can figure this out. So we tracked the mucus buildup, and we tracked the mucus dry up, and we waited the right number of days, and then we found out we were pregnant with our second. And so that was a huge surprise to us because we felt like we had been abstaining for eternity. It had actually been about six months that we had been abstaining, and then we had this surprise baby. Mm -hmm. And so um, we, we, when we were pregnant with Gabe, we thought, okay, we can't keep having a baby every 18 months until I turned 50. We would have actually 18 kids, not sustainable for the boy trucks. And so we started asking our friends who weren't having babies how they were how they were managing to do that. And they were all using Marquette. So that's how we found out about Marquette. Um, and at that time, Marquette wasn't really popular in Canada. Um, and it was really, there wasn't any instructors teaching here that we knew of. And so we decided we would just self Marquette because I'm a nurse, so I'm pretty smart. Um, so we self-taught Marquette and it did not go very well. We were using the wrong clear blue monitor, which is like a vital, and it we didn't think it would have different hormone thresholds, but it did. And so we had a surprise baby. Um, so that was our third pregnancy in three years. And that pregnancy actually resulted in a miscarriage at 18 weeks. So what happened, if you just kind of flip back to my professional life, what happened at that time was, I was back at work and Gabriel was uh, nine months old. And so my husband was home with Gabe and Ethan, our older one. And I was back at work and one of my patients assaulted me and he, he had a head injury. So he didn't know any better, um, but he kicked me in the head three times and I got a really bad concussion. And that concussion took me off work for two weeks. And then I had a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And when they did the autopsy on the baby, they found that the baby had actually died at 14 weeks plus one day, or 16 weeks plus one day, which was the day that I was assaulted. Uh And so we just kind of spiraled from there. We had had, it was, we just felt like our whole life was in this big tornado and we were just free falling. We had had this like chaos at work and we we weren't managing well with both of us working and then I got assaulted and then we had this surprise pregnancy and we were finally okay with this baby and then we didn't get to have this baby anymore and so we just like we didn't know what to do and so then we were like okay well you know when you're free falling that's probably the best time to ask God to catch you yeah. because where otherwise you're just going to hit the ground right um so we uh we just like really started praying and asking god to just like intervene and like show us where to go from here because we had no idea we had no idea how many kids we were going to end up having we had no idea if i would ever be able to go back to work because of the trauma that i experienced we had no idea if we would have enough money to pay the bills we just like had no idea what our life was going to look like in a month or in a year or in 20 years. And so, so we just started praying about it. And um, because of my injury, my employer put me off work for a couple of months, they paid for my salary while I was off work, they sent me to a trauma counselor. Um, And then I, I decided 
um, we decided we were ready to have another baby. And so um, after a lot of counseling, we, we got pregnant with Nora, who is our youngest. She's three and a half now. And uh, when I was pregnant with Nora, I thought, okay, just like logistically speaking, we need to know how to do NFP. And we haven't been doing it very well so far. <laughs> yeah. A baby a year is not sustainable. And so I decided to just become a Marquette instructor. And to be a Marquette instructor, you have to be a doctor or nurse. You have to have a degree in health sciences. Um, so I already have had the credentials so I decided to do the training very selfishly just so that we knew how to avoid pregnancy <laughs> and so I started doing the training and as I was doing the training people started reaching out to me to learn Marquette so I thought well I guess I shouldn't keep this all to myself I should probably um, teach people and so I started just teaching very um, informally teaching people and then more and more people kept reaching out and then my husband and I kind of looked at each other and we were like, oh, maybe this is like, maybe this is a God thing. Maybe <laughs> this isn't just like, fluke. people want to learn Marquette. Maybe this is like God saying, you don't have to go back to work at the hospital if you don't have to want to. I can still take care of you. And so I, I quit my job at the hospital um, and then I started teaching Marquette and it's been, that's just been my life since then so I started out teaching the first year I taught 10 people in one year and I felt very accomplished and then the next year I taught I taught like over 100 people that wow. year and then with each year it's just grown exponentially and so it's been like it's just been this amazing like God experience of like I have no idea where I'm going next yeah and I have not where I saw my life going um but this is where we are and this is God is just like continuing to use us in our journey to speak to other people and to just like evangelize in the little things so I love it thanks for sharing that and gosh what a I mean I'm so sorry for your loss and just how I mean what an incredible journey that must have been just a reminder of like what promise he has like he had something so beautiful for you like even in something that was just horrific so thank you for sharing your experience with that too have you always been catholic um and were you always like did you always know that you were going to do nfp or was that a, a newer thing for you so I've, I was born Catholic, so I've been Catholic my whole life. My husband was not, so he, I told him I wouldn't marry him unless he was Catholic, so he became Catholic. But when we were, when we were dating, we were sleeping together, we were using um, contraceptives, we were just kind of like living a normal, you know, normal yeah. life. Um, and then we went to marriage prep, Catholic marriage prep, and we went there because we had to. At marriage prep, they said there was like a whole bunch of things we rolled our eyes at. But they said one thing that really stuck out to us. And that one thing that they said was, um, when you get married in the Catholic church, when you have a Catholic marriage, you receive graces from God that you wouldn't otherwise be able to receive. And that really stuck with us because we really love each other. We loved each other at that time too. Um, we were like kind of doing our best to be Catholic, but we worked shift work and, you know, we didn't go to church all the yeah. time. And, um, and then um, we just like kind of had an aha moment of like, well, if we really love each other and we really do believe that God is real and that the Catholic church is true, then we probably should follow all the rules. So that we can have a good marriage right like wouldn't you want to stack all the cards up in your favor right and so it was actually like at that moment that we decided to start using nfp and so 
when we got married, we started doing NFP and we've been doing it ever since. And it did not go well for the first three and a half years. Right. But we sucked it out and then we found a method that worked for us and then yeah. things got a lot better. So. You're like, good argument, everyone. I was told I wouldn't be having a baby a year and here I am. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And- I say all of this in the setting of I had never even heard of NFP until I was a junior in college. I think that's where a lot of people are either coming from or are currently at. And so I would love to hear if you could describe just a little bit of what the heck is, you know, like briefly, what is NFP? What does natural family planning mean? And I know that's a huge loaded question. So answer that as um, (laughs) however you choose. Okay. Um, So natural family planning, also some people call it a fertility awareness-based method. It depends on what circle you dance in. The Catholics call it NFP, um, but like the general population calls it an FABM. And so what NFP is, is it's the process of achieving or avoiding pregnancy based on observations of your natural signs of fertility. If there is a more vague statement in the world, I challenge you to tell me <laughs> right now. Um, so there is, it's, it's loaded. Like that is just like one sentence that sort of describes it, but there's so many different NFP methods and every method is different in how it tracks your fertility, specifically mm-hmm. what, what symptoms it's tracking, what hormones it's tracking. Um, it differs in how many days of abstinence it would require in each cycle. It differs in how effective it is. So there's like so many different NFP methods, but essentially we all have the same goal, which is to try and figure out when you're fertile in a cycle. If you want to get pregnant, you have sex during the fertile time. If you want to avoid pregnancy, you abstain during the fertile time in your cycle. So in a nutshell, Perfect. that's NFP. That was a great description. I think I would have rambled on a lot longer with a lot less information. So thank you. <laughs> I, I went to school for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. You're the pro at this. I and and I want to add this isn't, you know, so to anyone listening, like that we won't go into like the deep theology of this, but I'll link to a bunch of resources so people can go into that more because I mean this we could we could and people have spent their and you do spend your lifetime on it and spend their lifetimes yeah. talking about it. And so there's so much more to this. So I want to just emphasize, like, I, I am not trying to go into all the moral theology and the background and everything. This is just like a little sampling and I'll link to more. Um, but could you explain just briefly, like, okay, the Catholic Church says that contraception, not okay, but NFP is okay. Like, can you explain how it's different? Sure. So in in terms of Catholic teaching and moral reasons to use NFP, the church says that within marriage, sex should be procreative and unitive. And so procreative meaning bringing life Mm -hmm. um, and unitive meaning the two together. And so every contraceptive has a way of kind of just like putting a wedge in that procreative and unitive. It depends what method of contraceptive you would be talking about. So if you're talking about an IUD, an IUD will either kind of mess with the hormone balance, trick the woman into thinking she's in her first trimester so that she likely doesn't ovulate, um, or it would um, make the uterine lining not hospitable to uh, a implanted egg and then the the pregnancy wouldn't move forward and so 
um, that's not procreative, right? It doesn't, it doesn't help life grow. Um, so there's that. The other part of it is if you're looking at condoms or diaphragms, those are not unitive, right? You're putting a barrier, like a literal barrier between the husband and the wife, between the sperm and the egg. And so like in a nutshell, not dipping into all of the moral aspects. Of yeah, it. yeah. That's why contraceptives are not good in a Catholic marriage is because it violates the procreative and unitive aspects of sex. And sex is so, so important in marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so does that answer your question? Yes, thank you. And I, yeah, and I think that the beauty of NFP is that you get, you're so aware of your body that it's, you can use it both to achieve and to abstain or pre- try and prevent a pregnancy. So it's like, it's, it, yeah. it isn't blocking a pregnancy in any way, like besides, you know, exactly. prayerfully being and, abstinent. And physiologically speaking, this is where NFP differs because some people think like, well, if you're, I've, I've actually, as a Marquette instructor, I've been accused of promoting contraceptives because Marquette's really effective. And so I always counter that with effectiveness doesn't equal not open to life. It just equals good science. Um, so the <laughs> difference <love> between <laughs> the difference between a contraceptive and NFP is that NFP just looks more at like how the body is actually working. So physiologically speaking, a woman on her own, she's only fertile for a maximum of 24 hours in her whole cycle from the moment of ovulation up until that egg is no longer viable for pregnancy. And a man is fertile for always. (laughs) And so (laughs) NFP is trying to find that time of ovulation and trying to find that sweet spot where if the sperm was introduced into the body, would it have a chance to meet up with the egg? And so if you don't want a pregnancy, then you would abstain during that time. And so you're not you're not not promoting life. You're just not having sex when there's a viable egg. And so, but sometimes God does crazy things. Yes. And sometimes there is an egg that's there. And so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what method of NFP you're using. It's, it's not 100% effective because the body isn't absolutely predictable. Um, and so then there is still always that openness to life. And I want to throw out too that I, so I work in a newborn nursery and in, in several newborn nurseries, I see babies that have been born to all sorts of various contraceptive methods. So I feel like it's also worth noting that, um, even when you're contracepting, there is, there's always this chance. Can you explain a little bit though about what Marquette method is? How, how does Marquette method, um, look at those signs, like you mentioned of a, of a woman's fertility? So with with NFP, NFP is observing the signs and symptoms of your body's fertility. So every method is different. The most traditional way of tracking your fertility throughout your cycle is by tracking your cervical mucus. Cervical mucus is a symptom of estrogen. Your estrogen levels rise as the egg develops in the follicle. So you would notice if you were tracking mucus, you would notice like if you had textbook mucus, this really nice progression Mm -hmm. towards peak type mucus as the egg develops in the follicle. So it's a nice little heads up that you're approaching fertility. Um, So with Marquette, instead of tracking the symptoms of fertility, so instead of tracking cervical mucus or instead of tracking body temperature, which is what you'd be tracking if you were tracking progesterone, with Marquette, we track the hormone levels directly. So we use the clear blue fertility monitor and we measure estrogen and we measure LH throughout the woman's cycle. And based on the readings on the monitor, we can determine where she's at in her cycle and which days are fertile and which days are not. 
It is worth noting, though, that Marquette is very multifaceted. It's actually called a model. Um, so what the model is, is it's like, talk to the woman, decide what's best for her, and then give her an, a, an effective method that will work for her body. Mm. So Marquette does have we mostly promote the monitor approach because it is generally the most effective, but we do also have a mucus approach that's just a little bit simpler than Creighton. Um, and we also have a temperature approach. And we also have um, the, have you ever heard of the proof tests? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the proof tests are measuring the progesterone levels in the urine. Um, so we have an option to throw in the proved tests as well. So we can like you can build almost any method. It's kind of a choose your own adventure and yeah. a choose your own effectiveness <laughs> effectiveness yeah. rate. Um, so depending on where where the couple's at in terms of how seriously they want to avoid pregnancy or what they're trying to determine, because you can use NFP to track how a woman's body, the health of her body. Mm -hmm. And so if they're trying to figure out if she has PCOS or something like that, it would be helpful to add in extra indicators because it'll just give us a lot more information about what's going on and what her hormones are up to at each part of the cycle. So with yeah. Marquette, mostly we track the hormone levels directly with the clear blue monitor, mm -hmm. um, but we do also have other indicators that we add in as necessary um, to, help, to help the couple. Awesome. Thank you. And, and I'll add to the method itself. You, I mean, during normal cycles, I was testing like maybe, maybe at most like nine days of the month in the morning. It was so, it's, it's a very easy method in terms of like busy days, kids, things like that. And I also want to add to, you mentioned about um, like, it just can also look at the health of the woman. And I think that that's what a lot of contraceptive methods just throw under the rugs. For example, I found out because of Marquette method that I had low progesterone. And when I got pregnant, I talked with my OB who was not, you know, well-versed in, in the Marquette method, but I was like, no, I, I know I have low progesterone. I take progesterone supplements. And, um, they, because I was able to know that, um, I asked them to check my progesterone with this baby. They found that it was low. And so I was able to start progesterone and, you know, potentially prevent a miscarriage. So, um, there's, there's a lot more good that, that this method can do than just like avoiding pregnancy when you want. I also want to touch on, you mentioned, um, that like, uh, the, the effectiveness method, the effectiveness percent and things like that. I would love if we could go into this. Um, I think one of the things that drew me to Marquette, versus the other methods is, um, and not to say that the other methods are, you know, bad or wrong. I just, I am obviously a little biased towards Marquette, but I um, would love to hear a little bit of like the effectiveness rates of Marquette. And then also, I know you and I have talked one-on-one um, -on -one just about that there are studies and peer-reviewed articles, like it, it is founded in medical science. And I think that maybe a lot of our listeners might be drawn to that because in a world of looking for peer reviews and things like that, that you know, Marquette has it. And I, I don't think many people are aware of that. Yeah. So there is. Marquette is actually the only NFP method that I know of. I could be wrong, um, but it's the only NFP method that I know of that has evidence-based, peer-reviewed research backing its effectiveness rates. And as a healthcare provider, that's really important to know um, because we promote the research we follow the research right and so if you have someone in your clinic who's struggling with their fertility um you you follow the research and marquette is a really good 
road to follow in terms of that. So we'll talk about effectiveness rates for a little bit. We'll get a little bit nerdy for a minute. Um, so. <laughs> I love it. Um, this is the practicing Catholic medicine podcast. So we are a, a band of nerds. Nerdy. Everyone's going okay. to love it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. So I'll just give everyone a reminder on how we measure effectiveness in healthcare, just so that we're all starting at yeah. the same base, right? So in healthcare, when we're looking at how effective something is, you always look at two different numbers. You look at the perfect use rate and the typical use rate. What that is for a family planning method, whether it's a contraceptive or an NFP method, is you take a group of women who want to avoid pregnancy, you teach them the method, you follow them for a year. At the end of that year, you see who was successful in avoiding pregnancy and who was not. So the perfect use rate is the percentage of women in the study who were successful at avoiding pregnancy and followed all the rules. It's the women who were using the method perfectly. The typical use rate is the total success rate of the study. So it's the percentage of women in the study who were successful at avoiding pregnancy whether they followed the rules or not. So when you're looking at family planning methods, you really want to know what the perfect use and the typical use rates are, because the perfect use will show you potentially how effective the method can be. The typical use will show you how hard it is to follow the rules. So what you want to see is a perfect use and typical use that are both close to 100%. That means that pretty much everyone had success with the method. What you don't want to see is a big gap between the two. Mm -hmm. If there's a big gap between the perfect and typical use, it indicates that a lot of the couples in the study struggled to perfect the rules of the method. And in that struggle, they probably came out with a very cute baby, but they came out <laughs> with a baby. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, so when you're looking at, at NFP, when you're looking at contraceptives, that's what you're looking so in just for reference sake if you're looking at the effectiveness rate of the pill and this is based on the cdc's numbers so the pill in a regular cycle is let me get my slide so i don't say this wrong 98 percent effective with perfect use and 93 with typical use so what that means is that um, among the women that were using the method perfectly there was a two percent pregnancy rate among the all of the women in the study there was a seven percent 7% pregnancy rate in a study, that's pretty good. Um, so that's a really good effectiveness rate. That's kind of what we're aiming for. It's a good comparison point. So if you look at Marquette in terms of regular cycles, Marquette in, uh, in the first year of the study was 98.4% effective with perfect use and 98 with typical use. So what that means is that there was only a 2% pregnancy rate in the first year of the study, including the couples that weren't following all the rules. That's really, really good. Better it's than the like, pill. <laughs> yeah. Better than the pill. It's better than it's better than most contraceptives, mm -hmm. excluding like a vasectomy, a tubal ligation, and some IUDs. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's in the top four for ways to avoid pregnancy in the world. So yes. it's not that's not bad, right? Right. I love that. And <laughs> and I was always so mad it would send out like emails or like Facebook posts with accurate information to my to my PA school classmates when they'd be like, NFP is 70% effective. Like something like your chances of just getting pregnant even without, with not doing anything. And I was like, that's not, <laughs> this is just so not, not entirely accurate. true. This isn't it the is rhythm. Like well, some of them. Yeah. <laughs> I should say, <laughs> but they the like thing. lump it all together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So did you know um, that the CDC just changed their statement on how effective oh, NFP is? Did they? I did not know that. Oh, yes. This is very, this is like in the past year they did this. Okay. Um, so before, if you got any resources from the CDC or if you like went to a doctor's office and looked on the back of the door where it says like all the different ways to avoid pregnancy, yeah. they had 
um, natural family planning or fertility aware- awareness at the very bottom. And it mm-hmm. says there was a 25% pregnancy rate. Mm-hmm. And it was just infuriating to all the Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, but very recently, uh, Dr. Joe Stanford, who he's one of the Creighton researchers, actually. So Dr. Okay. Joe Stanford, and we'll link to it in the notes, right? I'll yeah. Send you yep. Yep. Um, so he, him and a team of researchers, they mm-hmm. did a review of the current research about NFP. And they, yeah. they, um, they classified it into different categories. If it was mm-hmm. like good quality research, moderate quality, poor quality, the poor quality ones, they just took right out of their analysis. Mm-hmm. And they just saw, they just wanted to see what is actually more effective. Where is the research at? And what they concluded was that there was actually a range of effectiveness. Hmm. Um, some methods had as low as a 76% effectiveness rate, which would be 24% pregnancy rate, right? Yep. And then some methods, but some method was Marquette, had a 2% pregnancy rate. And so in their study, they said the effectiveness rates range from two, the, the pregnancy rates mm-hmm. range from two to 24%. And the CDC saw that. And they read the article and they changed their stance on it. So now if you go to the CDC website, it says FABMs have a 2 to 24% pregnancy rate. And Marquette is the 2%. Um, So that's interesting. But I think it's really good because it just shows that the research is there and that the secular groups and the Catholic groups agree that there are actually some methods of fertility awareness that are really effective and it's good to know where each method is at. So I think that 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 article is really valuable because it just kind of breaks it down. So you don't have to read every single paper and analyze it yourself. It's just all broken down for you and you can just see what is the best option at this point. So, yeah, no, thank you. That's great to hear. And a a perfect, a good update, um, for sure. Um, just kind of going to like just your experience with like, getting to teach Marquette, what brings you the most joy about, you know, getting to be able to be an instructor? And then what are some of the challenges that you face to, um, in this journey? Oh, those are good questions. Loaded questions. Um, So yeah, those are loaded. So what brings me the most joy? I think for me, the most satisfying part of teaching Marquette is actually there's a couple. So (laughs) one of them is seeing, so most of the people that I teach have tried some other form of NFP and they've either had like a kind of a bumpy road with it or they had no success with it or they're kind of looking for a breath of fresh air. Um, So it's really satisfying to sit down with someone virtually and see them being like pretty hesitant, pretty skeptical. And then at the end of the session, have them thinking like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I could actually do this. But mm-hmm. the best part is checking in with them a month later and saying, how are things going? Yeah. And they just have nothing bad to say. Some people have a couple bumps in the first few cycles, um, but generally it's just like, it's so satisfying to see like in the span of a month, you could just like turn someone's marriage around, right? Yeah. You can just like give them so much clarity in terms of what they're doing and which days are available and give them that confidence. Because if you have a surprise pregnancy, it is really hard to have sex again. It's really hard to say, no, I'm not fertile now. And just like trust that you've interpreted it properly um, because it's a really high stakes gamble, right? Yeah. If you're wrong, you get another baby. Yeah. And some people do not want that. Right. I was so say, which is like, so, babies are a great, good thing, but it's like good. there's, there are also really good reasons to say now is not a good time for a baby as well. So yes. Yes. 
exactly and so so it's really satisfying to just like give people the knowledge that they need to thrive that's that's my mm. favorite part of teaching love it NFT. love it my second favorite part which is not really about teaching nfp but it's seeing someone at like six weeks postpartum teaching them the breastfeeding protocols and then following up with them like six months later when they actually get their periods they look totally different <laughs> like i do not ever recognize them yeah the first one they're like puffy and exhausted and then the second one they're like holding a six month old and they have color in their cheeks like yeah. it's just so so fun to see that um but the best part of marquette teaching marquette is just like just helping couples thrive in their marriage because mm. that's really that's really what it ends up being gosh i love it and i can speak as someone who uses Marquette, just how beautiful it is to our marriage and how much it opens communication. And it's just, it's, mm -hmm. it's the best. I'm, I could go on and on and on, but I agree. Um, what are some challenges that you encounter through teaching Marquette? Um, so the biggest challenge is the surprise pregnancies yeah. because there is no method that's a hundred percent effective. Right. Yep. And so every now and then there's a couple who they are pregnant and mm -hmm. I have to explain how that happened. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's really hard to explain how it happened because they were following all of the rules. And statistically speaking, right. this baby should not be here, um, but yeah. it is. And so, so it's hard to, it's hard. I find it's hard to, because I teach from a science perspective to say like, here's what your body is doing. Here's whatever, statistically speaking, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's hard to, to say okay statistically speaking here's what happened but like your baby's gonna change your life I promise like it's mm -hmm. gonna be a good thing we're really surprised right now and I'm gonna talk to Dr. Faring and see what happens yeah. um but but like this baby is gonna change the world because this baby shouldn't have happened right, right? and it's like it's just really is really hard to say like out in one breath say like whoa what happened and then at this in this next breath say congratulations because they're not feeling congratulatory right now and so yeah. that's the hardest part of Marquette luckily it doesn't happen very often yeah. um but it's that that is for sure the hardest part of being a Marquette instructor yeah and then the the other part that I really struggle with is when I see people who have just been like totally, they feel like they've been totally betrayed by NFP. Like they mm -hmm. went in from their marriage prep class and they had rose colored glasses on and then yeah. they had a surprise baby and then they had a surprise baby and then they had a surprise baby and then their husband wants a vasectomy and they don't know what to do. And that that is the, probably the second hardest part of being an NFP instructor is just like seeing these couples in anguish and just like, hoping that hoping that we can make a difference to them yeah like at the very end of their rope where they're just like this is it like we we love our kids but like every we time we can't has, have any more yeah yeah for for yeah. you know any number of reasons and yeah absolutely thanks for yeah. sharing that yeah yeah no problem how do you feel that your catholic faith incorporates into your career as a marquette instructor i mean i know that the catholic faith teaches that you know, con we don't use contraception, NFP is okay, but like just in terms of being yeah. a provider, how do you think that works then? Oh, um, so I, well, I taught you, you know, yeah. my, my slides, my presentation actually has like no reference oh, to yeah. the Catholic church in it. Um, so the, the slant that I kind of take, I'm Catholic, my husband and I, we're so Catholic <laughs> that it hurts sometimes. Um, but we, the slant that I kind of take is, 
the Catholics that are doing NFT, they know they know what what NFT is, right? They know why they're doing it. So my what I think is my job as a Catholic, as a Catholic nurse, mm-hmm. is to teach the science because nobody knows the science of how the Seriously. body works. And so like my form of evangelization is to say like, yes, like you are so right to do NFP. You are so, so right. Here's why. Because God made our bodies and this is how cool it is. And to just like lay it all out. Here's where the research is at. Like, and when I read the research and when I see how the body works and then when I even just like think about how improbable it is that surprise pregnancies happen, it's just like so overwhelming to me. And it's so beautiful like god made the bodies so intricate he could have just made them so basic right he could have oh, yeah. anything but they're just like this really intricate thing and as you learn more and more about it you just like fall a little bit more in love with god because every part of that was planned and yeah. it's just just so so cool mm, i love that and and like i love how you're saying too like um earlier you were saying like the surprise pregnancies are hard, but being there to congratulate them and being their cheerleader. Like I think of how many times in, you know, in so many women's lives when unplanned pregnancies happen and that, that congratulatory voice is not there, you know? And, um, like even, even with our little girly, you know, we, we were hoping to have a baby. Like that was, you know, that, that was the goal. And even then I needed people to cheer me on when we had, Two stable jobs. This was a baby that was quote unquote planned and we still needed cheerleaders. So I think you're like that front lines of that. You're like one of the first people that hears these, their story and like, you're right there to encourage them. And I just think that's really beautiful. So thanks for that witness. Thank you. (laughs) Um, just kind of wrapping up here. How do you balance your, your work and your faith and your family? I know that this was really a move that goes into that, that really helped out. Um, your, your move to Marquette was to, to have that more quality family time. Um, but can you kind of explain what that looks like now and how you're working to balance all of that? Well, it's a work in progress. That's for sure. (laughs) I feel like with everyone, Um, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, so my our life is a lot more balanced now that I'm teaching Marquette as opposed to like doing parking lot handoffs. That's what we were doing with our kids. It was like my husband was done his shift. I would meet him at the work parking lot and then I would go to my it was like wild. It was just mm-hmm. not practical. So our life is a lot more balanced, but still a work in progress. So I um I'm a full-time mom. I'm a stay-at-home mom. We have three kids, so our life is pretty busy, and our oldest is only seven, so our life is, like, crazy busy. Really busy. Um, It's really busy, and there's lots of crying. I'm not the one crying, though, so that's... (laughs) Um, It'd be okay if you were. (laughs) It's true. Um, So there's, like, I find that there's there's a lot of overlap in our our balance, which is, um, like, a lot of time I'm doing text consults with people or text Mm -hmm. follow-ups with so I'm doing that in the parking lot while I'm waiting for my kids mm-hmm. to be done school. Um, I'm doing that while during commercial breaks while my husband and I are having quality time mm-hmm. watching TV. Um, and then when most of the time during the day, though, I am really just a stay-at-home mom. I take care of my kids mm-hmm. all day. Sometimes they get some tablet time so I can do a teaching session. Mm-hmm. And then my husband does supper time and bedtime. Mm-hmm. And I start teaching at supper time. And I teach until probably 9.30 at night. And then I come wow. upstairs. And we have 
couple time, I guess. Yeah. If that's, it's like really folding laundry and watching TV, um, which is pretty, you know, teaching NFP is really conducive to using NFP because yeah. you're busy every evening. <laughs> so nothing is ever on the table. Um, right. So the most challenging part though, is like continuing to set time aside for my faith life because mm -hmm. it's just like, well, working, but just like working and having kids takes a lot out of you. And when your day is done, you just want to like crawl into bed or have a glass of wine and turn mm -hmm. your brain off. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the most challenging part for me is just like making, scheduling time in my day to pray mm -hmm. and to just like ask God where he wants to take me next. And I always find when I actually take the time to sit down and say like okay god like what do you want me to do it's always so good right like, he has really good plans for us we just have to sit down and ask him right oh. um, so yeah that's my that's my long-winded answer of what balance looks like in our life it's just like a little bit unbalanced but um but it's beautiful and i find that like god just really like when you're doing work for him he just really blesses you for it and so like yes like personal prayer time so so important mm -hmm. but it's just like every time I teach a couple God is like we're doing a good thing we're doing a good thing and mm -hmm. and we're gonna bless these people because of it and so um yeah it's just like it's so it's so nice to have God as my co-worker <laughs> oh I love that if someone wanted to become a Marquette instructor what does that look like how do you recommend that they get into that so to be a Marquette instructor, you have to take the training through the Marquette University Faculty of Nursing. Mm -hmm. So there is at the at the university, there is the Institute for Natural Family Planning. Those would be the guys that you get in touch with. You can just Google them. They're they're at the top of great. <laughs> um, so they're the ones you want to get in touch with. It's a distance course. So there's three different classes you would take. If you're um, a nurse, you would take the the uh what is it it's like the the basic course that teaches you about anatomy physiology how the methods work how marquette works and then there's the teacher training course so those ones you always have to take if you're a doctor um, or a pa you can take the medical applications course which teaches you how to treat women with underlying health conditions when they're using nfp and how to diagnose through nfp and what treatments they would recommend for specific situations so i and there is a lot of doctors who have taken the training and then they don't teach marquette they just have that information in their back pocket so that when someone comes into their clinic and has like really heavy periods they know where to go from there so they can kind of teach them the basics of tracking cycles and they can diagnose and treat from there um, but to be a marquette instructor you you have to be a doctor or a nurse you have to have a degree in health something mm -hmm. um so i know there's a i think there's a chiropractor that's also a marquette all right mm -hmm. so you have to i don't know uh, you, you can just talk to them if you're not sure if you qualify um but it's it's a really unique experience to be a marquette instructor because you get to be like someone who's teaching the church teaching teachings of nfp but you also to be a healthcare provider and so you're you have this unique perspective and this unique light that you can shine into their life and it's it's really nice i love it oh that's beautiful and i i love how again we bring up that it can be used to diagnose and a guideline to you know how to how to treat women and especially i feel like that's women just get the short end of the stick in a lot of cases where they're like, yeah. oh, you're having heavy periods or your PMS is really bad. Like, 
here's just take the pill, like go for it, put some carcinogens in your body. And we don't need to figure out what's going on. We're just going to do that, you know? And so I I think that you made a really good point. Like you can learn Marquette just to enhance your practice um, of, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're like in family medicine um, or a women's healthcare clinic, it doesn't necessarily have to look like what you're doing on a daily basis. Yeah, totally. What I've noticed is that of the people that I've taught who are in regular cycles, whether they were breastfeeding when I taught them and then they transitioned mm-hmm. to regular cycles or they were regular cycles when I started teaching them, I would say that about a third of them have some sort of hormone imbalance at play affecting their cycles. Quite often it's like low progesterone levels. So they have a really short luteal phase from peak to their next period. Um, But it quite often goes undiagnosed because you don't know what you're looking at as a lay person, right? And so as as a nurse, I can see that and I can say, well, this is out of whack. It's a really easy fix to balance estrogen and progesterone. I would say 90% of the time, it's a really easy Mm -hmm. fix. And sometimes it helps to see a thyroid condition. Sometimes it helps to diagnose PCOS, but like quite often it's just progesterone deficiency. Mm -hmm. And so if you can see that in one cycle's worth of data as a doctor, then you've saved the client a lot of time and a lot of money in tests, right? Yep. Um, So I, I think it's worth, I think it's worth being aware of what's causing people these and really heavy periods, that's so mm-hmm. common. Lots oh, of camping, yeah. Or like you have to call into sick to work at least one day during your period. We can fix that. That's a relatively easy fix. You don't have to live with it, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's just like so important to know what flags are red flags and how to fix those efficiently. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. Thanks so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. My, my final two questions for the night are, um, what um, book are you currently reading right now? Are you reading anything? I just opened a book today. <laughs> I haven't read a book for leisure. So it's super good. Yeah. In like years, right? Yeah. Um, so I am reading, I don't even really know what it's about. That's the honest yeah, truth. Yeah. It's called, and it was given to me. So like, I really don't know what it's about. It's called Brick by, it's called Brick by Brick. And it's right. by a lady named Angèle Renier. All She's right. Canadian like me um and she's the founder of cco have you ever heard of cco i haven't what is that oh okay because it's a comedian thing probably yeah Um, cco (laughs) is a catholic christian outreach so what it is is it's this outreach group of missionaries that Mm -hmm. operate in universities and so you know university is like when you leave home you're like finding out who you are and what you Mm -hmm. want to do. And so CCO is this beautiful ministry um, where they, they just like reach out to the university students and they speak the truth about God into their lives. And I've seen just like so many lives be changed by CCO. So I went to a women's retreat last October and someone gave me this book and Angèle Renier was one of the speakers at the retreat. And she just has this beautiful story Mm. of her life and of her conversion, and of all the things that God's been working on in her, and in her family, and and starting CCO, and making it thrive, and so I don't actually know what the book is about, but I know it's going to be really good, Um, so that's what I'm reading right now, I read like the first three pages when I was sitting in the merge with my daughter last night. (laughs) I love it. Wonderful, wonderful, well, I will put, I will link to that book, and we'll learn more about, 
what's going on in Canada too. So that's great. <laughs> um, yeah. My, my last question for everyone is how has Jesus been loving you lately? How have you seen him moving your life? I feel like that's an interesting question because there's a pandemic happening right now. Yeah. Right? Um, so our, my life looks a lot different than it did two months ago. Oh my gosh. So we've, I've just been like really struggling with, with just like giving enough time to my family mm -hmm. and giving enough and like my family is constantly in my house now and I'm used to yeah. having space and so I'm just like it's been really challenging and it's been something I've been talking to God a lot about of like what do you want me to do here because <laughs> like it's a little bit crazy over here mm -hmm. um and so I think that the way that the way that Jesus has been loving me lately is just like showing me the joy in all of the small things mm -hmm. of like working with my kids, doing their homework with them, and just seeing like how smart they are and how how innate it is for them to just like have faith. Like we were driving in the car the other day and Ethan, my oldest, turned to Gabe and he was like, you know what, Gabe, um, if you were the only person in the whole world, Jesus still would have done Easter for you. And oh, then Gabe that was just like, felt your no. Heart. And I was like, no, oh, it's true. And then I was like, Ethan, who told you that? Like, how did you know that? And he's like, well, I just know that because like, God loves you so much. He wants you to be in heaven. He would die. So you go to heaven. And like, Ethan is seven. He shouldn't. What? Like, I did not. Maybe I taught him that. But like, I did not say that word for word. Um, so it's just like, so beautiful to see how these little lives are just like, sometimes it feels like absolute chaos. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, wow. Like, you're really like you're really growing and you're really learning and like everything that I do in all of these little things like making you suffer every day and not complaining when I do mm -hmm. the dishes it's like you're seeing that as an act of love and I just see it as like a thousand things on my list that I had to check off today mm -hmm. and they just are like so they just are they feel so loved and I just feel like I'm not loving them enough and so it's just like it's so it's it's an interesting time I think to be mm -hmm. to be a mom to be a parent at home all the time with your children mm -hmm. um but it's just like seeing how loved I am by my family is just so humbling to me and so um it's like a nice little perspective that I hadn't had before oh I love that oh gosh I know that I agree that's I've been having to really, I feel like this has made us pull out the tiny blessings. Like they're sometimes they're not as, as obvious when you're under so much stress and things are changing and everyone's yeah. always there, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So totally. what a blessing. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And thank you for yeah. taking the time to be here tonight and, and chatting with me. Um, yeah, no problem. I had fun. Thank you so much, Luis. It was just a pleasure to talk with you. So let's talk resources. So the first chunk of resources that I want to talk about are just an introduction to NFP methods overall. And of course, you can go to the webpage, practicingcatholicmedicine.com, for all of the links and all of these resources. I spent a lot of time compiling all of this, so it, it should be pretty easy for you to navigate. But just a quick buzz through them. So you're like, I want to learn more about NFP methods. So 
first, I have to give a big shout out to Luis. She runs um, her own company. It's called Vida Fertility. You can go to vidafertilityeducation.com. That's V-I-T-A-E, Fertility Education. There, you can learn more about the Marquette Method and also get connected with Luis if you'd like to be taught. There's also the FACTS, the Fertility Appreciation Collaborative to Teach the Science webpage that's really devoted to teaching the science surrounding um, fertility awareness-based methods. That's at factsaboutfertility.org. The next is a book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility, and that's just a really good introduction to if you're just like curious more about the science you want to take the time to just read about like how a woman's body works um it does offer a temperature and cervical mucus-based method i would still say get an instructor that's super important um but it's, it's a good introduction and then last i'll post a link to a quiz where you can answer some questions and it helps you choose what method might be best for you based on your lifestyle, based on your comfort level with different things. One of my reasons why I love Marquette is because it's so objective. Like literally I get a low, high, or peak on my monitor and it's just really clear cut. Um, But some people might like the subjectiveness of other methods. Uh, There's a cost associated with Marquette, but you know, there's tons of different methods that you can look into. Um, So there's a link to that quiz as well. And then also, if you're curious about NFP effectiveness, look at the links that I'll post on my webpage. Um, I have a lot of peer-reviewed journal articles regarding Marquette effectiveness, as well as a link to the article that Luis mentioned that um, Dr. Joe Stanford had made. So you'll be able to look at that as well. And then for healthcare professionals, again, that FACTS website provides continuing education, resources, and even has opportunities for medical students. So if you're a medical student or a PA student listening to this, you can become a FACTS ambassador. You can also become um, a student on one of their clinical rotations. So there's a lot there for students too. And then if you're interested in teaching NFP, I'll link to the Marquette webpage as well. And then for those who are interested in learning more about Catholic teaching on sexual ethics, I have four books that I really recommend. The two that I recommend of where to start are one is Men, Women, and the Mystery of Love by Edward Shree is a really quick read. It's also a good Bible study book. It has some good questions at the end um, that is a little bit of like a dissection of St. John Paul the Great's Love and Responsibility. And then I also really like The Good News of Sex and Marriage by Christopher West. It's an awesome place to start. It's in a question and answer format. And it answers like all the questions that you were probably way too embarrassed to ask, um, but really wanted to know the answers to. It's so good. I really recommend that book. And then a few books that kind of go even deeper for newlyweds or people who are just about to get married, I really recommend Holy Sex by Gregory Popkak. Don't let the like kind of bold title uh, throw you off. It's a really good book. Um, it doesn't dance around taboo topics either, which I think is really important. Answers a lot of the tough questions as well. And then one of my personal favorites for those of you who want a little bit of a deeper understanding after you've done some reading is Life-Giving Love, Embracing God's Beautiful Design for Marriage by Kimberly Hahn. Um, It's a great 
second step. Kimberly Hahn was actually a Protestant who converted to the Catholic faith. And so this book really describes her personal encounter with the church's teaching on sex um, and realizing that it's not just like this rigid list of rules, but just um, it helps us be who we're made to be. I I love that book. Um, I really recommend it. And then lastly, I want to mention NFP is not always easy. Some people are... um, extra fertile some people have you know are just confused or frustrated with natural family planning and even though they say yes this is still the best good I would still choose this over contraception it's really hard it's and and it is it can be at times it can be a cross for me it's been a blessing but there's definitely times when it's a big cross and so one of the first places that I invite you to turn to is um, off the charts. You can go to www.offthechartsnfp.com. It's a first of its kind NFP community from Jenny Eubing. Um, you might know her from her um, really inspiring, sometimes funny writing over at Mama Needs Coffee, which I'll post links to that as well so you can look at her blog um, or her writing that's been featured in many other publications. But this is um, her online forum that provides exclusive content from NFP instructors, including Luis. So if you loved this conversation with Luis, definitely check out Off the Charts. You can get access to Ask the Priest and Ask the Instructor resources um, and more teaching. But the biggest thing is there's community because like I said, NFP is not all sunshine and daisies. Um, The past few months have just been amazing on that site members are continuing to flourish in their marriages and nfp even in the most stressful of seasons so check it out um registration for july 2020 is opening up uh, i just can't recommend it enough it's a really beautiful community and then another web page just to check out is womenspeakforthemselves.com it's an organization that empowers women with different kind of talking points and resources regarding the ways women are disadvantaged through especially contraception and abortion. And then my last uh, big plug is for a book by Simka Fisher um, called A Sinner's Guide to Natural Family Planning. It's a look at NFP with the rose-colored glasses off. It's for those who are struggling with with NFP, it's a good place to be able to find community. It's also, I think, a good book um, for anyone going into marriage just to get a peek at what this like look at what being open to life really can look like um while at the same time it is rooted in the hope and confidence that despite the difficulties nfp is still way better than any alternative um so those are all some of my favorite resources there are a million more out there i just highly recommend that you continue to go on your journey learning more and as you I'm sure you can tell this is a topic that I am passionate about. So please feel free to reach out to me with any questions. Uh, And as usual at the end, I always like to say, if you are enjoying this podcast, please, please, please leave a review on iTunes. It helps the algorithm to help more people find the podcast. And then also, if you would like to be a guest on the show or know of any practitioners um, in any realm of healthcare who would be great to interview, please let me know by contacting me through the website, which is practicingcatholicmedicine.com. I would also love, love, love if you would share this podcast with your local Catholic Medical Association chapter, your coworkers, your friends, anyone who you think would like this. Um, as a working mama, I always appreciate 
help in spreading the word for this podcast, uh, especially if it's meant a lot to you. I know I love getting to make it and be here for you. Um, and I, if, if it has helped you in your career, I would love if you would share it along. And then as always, the views expressed in this podcast by myself and my guests are not those of our employers. And this podcast is not meant to or intended to replace any medical advice from a licensed provider. So please see your healthcare provider for any medical concerns. St. Luke and St. Gianna, pray for us. And I hope you all just have a really, really lovely July. I hope the summer months are treating you well. I am sitting in my sweltering, oh my gosh, sweltering, sweltering? Is that a word? I, yeah, that's a word. I'm sitting in my really freaking hot house. <laughs> How about that? We have a little AC unit, but uh, it sure does not contend with this Denver heat. And I'm a Minnesotan, so I'm a wimp when it comes to warmth. I also realized that this suffering is like so minute, but I tell you what, I am warm. Anyways, I hope you all have a really wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. So glad to be back with you uh, and I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. Okay, bye all. Bye.